0: Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, and family, welcome to another edition of Tech Niche Tips. I am your host, Joseph M. Smith, and like always, I have another one for you. Now, this is for my musicians slash worship leader folk. Uh, as, I don't know if you know this part of my story, but I have been a worship leader or involved in worship ministry since I was 10 years old, and I'm not going to tell you how I am right now but it's been a while. So I'm pleased to have a guest to the stage that also shares that same background. I'm pleased to have none other than Emery. Hey, Emery, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing great. I cannot complain at all. (laughs) So, So I'm so glad that you're here with us. This is actually, for those that don't know, this is a long time coming. I was trying to reach out and talk to him a long time before when we were both on the journey or at least when I just started getting into tech. And so I'm glad that we finally able to do it now. But we're here. We're here. All right. Well, as you, sorry. I said, yes, we're here. (laughs) Absolutely. That's great, man. Well, as you all may know, right, we have, Talked about this for quite some time. It's boots to the brain, boots symbolic of the journey one takes to get to where Emery is. And the brain is symbolic of the mindset someone needs to have to be where Emery is right now and also scale from there. So, man, I like to get from the very beginning of the journey because the beginning is a great place to start. Talk about your upbringing, where you were born. I love to get into that.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, so I live in Indianapolis. Uh, Indiana right now Uh, I'm a Hoosier now been here for about a year and a half but I was born in Knoxville Tennessee and um, so I will tell you that I'm 39 years old so you know I ain't ain't a spring chicken but um, so I was in Knoxville for uh, 37 plus years Uh, born and raised go Vols go Big Orange Um, and I have been. You mentioned worship, so I'm just going to kind of go that route. I actually have been singing in church choir since I can remember. Uh, my cousins' churches, uh, my you know my grandparents' church, my church. Um, I've just always been singing. And um, when I went to high school, I joined choir and chorus. You know, choral music, and um, and I I had never sang it before, but I was a natural. And so that's kind of the route I took with the to college um, and continued to do that and, you know, classically trained, sang some opera, musical theater. And I thought that was the direction I wanted to go in. But, you know, God had other plans and I ended up uh, teaching school for a couple of years. Um, and I'm still very close to the majority of my students, my former students. I uh, still love them so much like my my homies, uh, but teaching itself was not for me. I loved the students. I loved the opportunity to, you know, pour into their lives—not just musically, but just from, you know, a life standpoint and a love standpoint. Um, but teaching was not my thing. Uh, so I ended up uh, leading worship at church because one of my students, who so happened to be uh, my cousin. He invited me to a church to listen to him uh, play and and, and lead worship and kind of took off from there. And so that was 2007. And I did that uh, full time in some capacity from then until October, end of October last year, 2022. I had no idea how I was going to break into tech, as we say, but it was something that I kind of grown interested and intrigued in uh, years ago when I started. uh, As I was a worship pastor, I also, if you know how church work goes, you wear a lot of hats. So I also was a creative director, media director for a little while. And so I started kind of piddling around with our website and WordPress and all of that thing, a mobile app. And I just grew super interested in tech. Um, I love tech from a hardware standpoint but I started to kind of fall for tech from a software standpoint and so uh, last year when I realized that church work and just the rhythm of church work was not working for my family and I'm married to my beautiful queen uh, and we have a four-year-old little prince and I just realized that the rhythm was not working anymore uh, for our family and I um to be candid about it, I was not enjoying church work anymore. It was not just the rhythm. The reality was I was just over church work, a lot happening in, you know, culture and everything. And um, so I was just kind of, I think I I reached my end. And so that was February of last year. My wife and I took this random two-day trip to Chicago uh, just to kind of breathe and recalibrate because I was like, I have to do it. And we do it. And while I'm there, I decide, you know what, I'm going to teach myself how to code. I'm going to learn how to code. People do it all the time. YouTube videos, all these websites. I'm just going to do that. Uh, and that's what I did. I started learning how to code. And by the summer uh, after I finished like 100 days of coding, I'm so proud of myself. And but where do you go next? Right. Like I'm in a job. <laughs> I'm still working in the church. I need money. Um, and so I can't just quit my job. Um, and so months passed and now we're at the beginning of October. We take vacation. B- basically don't let Emery take a trip because I take trips and, and unplug and I just start thinking, but uh, we go on vacation and I end up running into or finding scrolling and out of nowhere. I'd never heard of Cyrus Harbin and he is on my YouTube, you know, algorithm, but Hey, bless for it. Um, and I listened to a video that where he's talking about, Him and I believe it was Tiffany Poole were talking about uh, tech sales and being an SDR. Had no idea what a sales development rep was. And um, but what they were saying sounded like something that I could do. And so it was not for me. I was not motivated to make that change simply because of dollar signs. I was motivated to make that change because of my well-being and my family. And I knew if I stayed in church work, no knock against anyone who's doing it. For me, it was time to be done. And I knew if I stayed in it, that I was not going to be the best version of myself much longer. I already felt like I wasn't um, no matter how much I was leading worship. And so I started course careers when we got back from that trip in October. Um, so it was middle, end of October, started course careers, and I was actually really bad at it. <laughs> I was not, it wasn't that I wasn't retaining the information. I just, there was so much going on, and I resigned from my job. I didn't say that part. I got back from vacation, and I now have this light at the end of the tunnel. I'm like, I can do this. I'm going to figure out how to become an SDR. And course careers is the is, is the way that I'm going. My wife and I were, were just super happy, Jump right into it. And I resigned from my job, which was just, that you know, a whole thing in and of itself. Um, I resigned from my job. I'm finished there at the beginning of November. And now I've got this time to just sit with course careers and learn how to be an SDR and get a job. But I don't do it immediately. Um, I, and I think it's because I was kind of psyching myself out. And so that's another story for another day, but, um, I just kind of pitilet it every, you know, few weeks. And I'm like, oh, I took a week off from this and I'm trying to build my LinkedIn, you know, community and, or join the LinkedIn community and really be present. And I take a couple weeks here and we'd go on a trip and I take a couple weeks there. And, and then finally, by the end of December, obviously, you know, financially, it's like money's running out, but practically just, I have to do this. Like, I got to make a decision. Am I just going to go find another job? Or am I actually going to do this? End of December, we get back from a trip we took to visit family. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I literally, I I not only jumped into course careers, like I hadn't before. um, But I also jumped into LinkedIn, like I hadn't before. And I just started learning more about what an SDR was, uh, not just from an instruction, you know, an instructional way, but also uh, watching those day in the life videos. Right. I watched several of them because I'm like, okay, what are these people saying? And I listened to the pros. I listened to the cons. I listened to the in-betweens and I felt like it was still something that I wanted to do and that I could excel in. And um, so I just really threw myself into LinkedIn, and and when I say threw myself into LinkedIn, I say I was on LinkedIn for hours a day, for weeks at a time. Um, And you know, here I am. I had a guy reach out to me via LinkedIn earlier in January, late December, early January, um, and talk to me about a role that I really wanted, that I was interested in, Um, but. He didn't have a role open at the time, and so lo and behold, here I am now. uh, Worked out later, and so that's all I'll say about that. It worked out. Um, There's there other stuff that went on in between that, but yeah. So here I am now. I'm going into week three of being an SDR and learning a lot um, with an amazing company, and that I love the product, but I also just love the company culture, and that's. Not something that I've been able to say for a really long time. So,
0: yeah, man. Yeah, I, I I hear you. I hear you, and I and I love the fact that you were going into your story. It, it's amazing that when you when you when you're talking about it and you kind of think about it. It's like, man, it's been a lot of things that I went through <laughs> to get to where I, I'm at. I, I right have to keep now, keep myself
1: from saying all of it because I'm like, what? oh yeah, <laughs> I, this is the first time I've ever recorded this, and I just so you know, you it
0: won't I'm, it. it won't. <laughs> oh, yeah. It won't be the last. It won't be the last. But but what I would say is this. Let's. I love to peel back the onions. So yeah. let's go back to that musical point, because there's a lot of people similar to myself who have worked in church, either in a full time capacity or a part time capacity who have even been volunteers at church or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of pull back and start. Let's talk about the music ministry aspect of it. And then we'll talk a little bit about the church working in church aspect, which is a whole different beast, as mm-hmm. we both probably know but musically that's that's the part that i love to talk about right away because did you always have a desire to work in church or was that something that you kind of fell into because i wanted to get a little bit more about that
1: who fell into it okay. all, all the <laughs> way i i have always loved church um there was something about church that was just my safe space right even before i would say i knew jesus myself before i had a personal relationship with christ um and i was just around my grandparents and my moms and my aunts relationships my cousins i always there was something so safe about church and specifically this is going to sound silly but stained glass like if you put me in a room with stained glass a house a church building whatever there was just this sense of safety that came over you know and who knows what that comes from i got my theories but um but yeah, there was just a sense of safety. So I loved being in church. And from the time that I could walk and talk, I would pick up Bibles and I would run around and um, my grandmother, who's no longer with us, but she'd say, you're going to be a preacher one day. And of course, you know, as a kid, you're like, yeah, you right. I'm not like all the preachers I saw were these old men who Whooped and hollered, and I was like, "Yeah, it's not gonna be me." <laughs> um, and but I, I I think I see some of what she was saying now, um and I think I always had leadership qualities, and I and and I think some of them were innate, but some of them were grown through the church. And so church was not just safe, like my safe space, but it was my family. You know, actual family members, but also people who were just family. Mm-hmm. Um. And, but I never saw myself working in it I and, and fought singing in church for years. Like I sang in church, but actually singing in church and leading worship, I fought that for years. And so when I was, you know, I grew up AME, uh, Bethel AME, right in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, and when I was singing a song, I just kind of sang it. And then I went back to my, my pew. Like I wasn't leading songs back then, right? It was just singing. And I did that on purpose because I was honestly afraid of what was going to happen on the other side of this opening up and saying, "Okay, God, use me in this way. Uh, But then after college and connecting with. Not just choral music, but classical music is another space that I consider home for myself. Um, learning in college, learning about Black artists like Paul Robeson and Marian Anderson and Leontine Price, uh, Jesse Norman, like all of these Black artists, classical and opera- operatic voices who not just were musicians, but I believe they were prophets. I believe they were preachers. Mm. Right? Um, and they did it through the, the avenue and through the vehicle of music. Um, and I and as I learned about them, not just their voices, but I learned their stories when I got to college. I realized that um, there was there it, that it was OK for a black man to like classical music <laughs> and yeah. Before it was so it was so taboo. And like, you know, even my friends in high school would be like, that's so lame, dude. And I kind of thought it was lame. You know, I did it, but I thought it was lame, too. And then I got to college and realized, like, there are people there were uh, these these people that went before me, these ancestors that went before me that were laying the the, the groundwork for me to even hold the microphone and be acknowledged. Um, and so how dare I be ashamed of classical music or opera or choral music? I'm going to sing it until you can hear it. Right. Until I can't sing anymore. Um, and so I, I, I was so comfortable with that. And uh, but getting out of college and going into church. 2007 was when I say I really kind of had my awakening into leading worship and that's because the choir director Joe Carter, shout out to Joe Carter man he pushed me out there one day he was like okay you're going to lead this song Alpha and Omega by Israel Mm -hmm. you're going to lead this song and boom there it is and I let it and I was just like okay I'm done I'm going to go sit sit down and then he kept playing (laughs) I, I had this feeling and I was like oh my god I feel something but I don't know what to do and I'm done. The song's over like we let the spirit over. use you. Yeah. And that's what happened. And, so, <laughs> and that's what continued to happen. So that's how I kind of got into that. And I got invited to sing in a church and they eventually asked me to come on as their worship pastor. Um, but no. So no. Uh, long story longer. No, I did not. I did not want to to work in church. Nor did I ever see myself working in church. But, you know, we can't always see what's best for us. So,
0: Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. We don't always see what's best for us. But one thing that I think that we can say is that as life continues to unfold, we do find things that are like, wow, I didn't know that that was going to work out. But it does. And for you, you might look at our stories specifically Emory's, and say, wow, I didn't know that tech was going to unfold in that way and work out for him it can for you as well. And being both course career students and me being affiliate course careers, I definitely had to testify that it is a great program. That's so you go ahead, look at the description below. There's a link right there for you where you can find out more about the tech sales program, digital marketing, as well as IT, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And so you definitely want to say, hey, if this could work for Emory, if this could work for Joseph, this might be able to work for me as well. Okay. Now you talked about college and I, I actually studied under, um, in my undergrad. I did study classical music as well in mm-hmm. school. And so it's so funny when you're exposed to it, mm-hmm. then you start to get an appreciation for the Jesse Normans and for those that are really these amazing singers and the stories that are being conveyed through the music. Now, talking about exposure, being exposed to being a part of the church and singing versus to mm-hmm. being on the other side as being a staff member. It's totally two different sides of that coin. So without, of course, you know, keeping everything nice and <laughs> but could you talk a little bit about what you learned working on staff at a church and how that impacted you in regards to just moving into tech, things of that nature? Like what perspective do you have now that you worked in church full time?
1: Um. So church work is hard work. And I think that's something I didn't know, um, and I still would have family members, even to you know up until when I resigned last year, say, man, like y'all really have that much to do in church? We do. There is a lot that goes into making Sundays happen, um, and so I think when I when I look at how church and tech, you know, like how that's even lining up. I think one of the things first hard work and it just taught me to be a much harder worker than And I thought I had a decent work ethic. My grandfather instilled that into me, but I learned getting into church work that I had not even even breached the, the like the shallow end. There's so much hard work that goes into making church services happen. And it's because you're admitting you're kind of admitting talent, but also people. And their schedules, you know, volunteers and their schedules and their talent levels. And you're trying to put all of that together and making it this safe space on Sunday mornings or whenever your services are, right? Right. And so it is um that that's very difficult. So it was a lot of hard work, it was a lot of organization, staying organized. Um, and when I went into it that was not the case I had notebooks on top of notebooks on top of notebooks and I realized that that doesn't work <laughs> like I've got to actually get systems so I think building systems, building processes um and I think ultimately also like just having an end goal and a mission to get there I, that's that's some of what I learned working on staff in a church um the places that you think are the most beautiful still they're run by people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so your coworkers and your leaders are people. And I think that you've got to make the conscious effort every day to see the good in them, just like you would want them to see the good in you, no matter what kind of mm. day you're having. That's good. Um, right. And, that, and that's in whatever space you're working in. I think it is yeah. our responsibility to acknowledge that we are working with people. They are not robots, right? And they, and so they have feelings, they have emotions, they are also learning how to navigate this thing we call life. And so professionalism sometimes takes the back seat when our personal issues rise to the top. Mm. Uh, so I'd like to say that I learned how to be poised in those situations, and I did. I I, I learned how to keep my composure um, when things frustrated me. But I also learned that when people don't keep their composure, like my son, who you can probably hear yelling right now, uh, I I also learned that when people don't keep their composure, that it's okay, Mm. And so not to match that energy. And that's something that um, I'm very grateful for. And I I, I will never take away from that season of my life. Wow, that's powerful.
0: That is powerful. Uh, Sometimes we could forget that there are human beings on the other side. Mm. of these sort of conversations or arguments or disagreements and being able to to really reason with that and say to yourself you know self how would I want to be treated in this situation that's 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 a tool that we definitely can use especially going into tech sales and so you are not you when you ended your conversation initially uh, or I should say when you ended talking about your journey initially you talked about how you landed the job congratulations to you you thank you
1: Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Was, yeah. Oh, I didn't know if you were going to keep going. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. I was going to keep going, but I, I, go wanted just, I wanted to give you a response to say thank you. Now, let me go back because you did mention this. You said your grandfather passed away, correct? Mm-hmm. I want to first of all say con- my condolences because it never, it never it, it's a loss is a loss, you know, no matter mm-hmm. how many years it may be or whatever the case may be. So my condolences to you uh, now still. How did he shape who you are? I mean, you, you talked about it a little bit, but could you go a little bit deeper and talk about how he and his, and his basically him being a role model for you? How did that shape you as a person?
1: So if I could speak about my grandfather and, and I had great grandparents, all of them were amazing mm-hmm. and all my heroes in different ways. But I think when I look at um, just who I am. Uh, and, and the older I get, you know, I'm approaching for, I'll be 40 this summer. Uh, So, uh, the the closer I get to it, the more I acknowledge, like I can see pieces of me, uh, that are actually pieces of him. And so I think if I could sum up that relationship as my granddad, his name was Frank, but we called him Pete. And if I could say anything about Pete, it was leave this room better than the way you found it. That's good. That is something that I have taken into every part of my life, my marriage, my parenting, my friendships. Um, And and I won't say that I'm always great at it, but something as as little as when when I got married, my wife would ask me why I made the bed in the hotel rooms. Why do you do that? And I'm like, because I have leave this room better than the way I found it. Mm. And so I feel that way about little things like that. But also big things or you know big greater things like sharing my faith with someone and so even though there are so many wild things happening in the world and it's such a a wild time and a dark time and there's so many dark spaces if i get an opportunity to share the light that was put in me with anybody I'm going to leave that moment better than the way I found it. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to be pushy or that. And and I take that into sales as well, you know, into my job. Now I say that because, you know, I'm starting week three. So I've, I've only been on the phone for a couple of days, but even in those times, making sure that my tone and my approach to these conversations, um, were better than the, you know, these people are going to leave potentially better than the way, um, I found them. So that that is that was really his I think everything he taught me, all of the the times he reprimanded me, all the times he celebrated me. I can't say that there was ever a time that the the root of it was because I wasn't leaving something better than the way I found it. So, yeah, that that would be it.
0: That's so good. Leaving the room better than the way that you found it. And I think that everybody could take that. And really apply it to almost every sphere of your life. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it's a level of stewardship, it's a level of gratitude that's expressed there. And we're going to touch on the mindset. But before I do, you mentioned you work, been working for about three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to tap into that. Now, let's talk about a day in your life. I know it's just started. I know you went through training and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now that you're working in the field, can you talk about a day in the life of Emory as an SDR?
1: Yeah. So I'm still in training because our training is 30 days. So as I'm still training and onboarding, my days are going to look a little bit different than maybe when I when I get like started, you know, on my own. Uh, But, yeah, days are waking up. I I try to make sure to have um, a moment of, you know, mindfulness, meditation, whatever you want to call it. Um, My days specifically starts wrangling my four year old. helping my wife get him off to preschool. Um, and then I sit down and like I said, I try to have just time to breathe and think about what I'm getting myself into. And, and I don't say that in a negative way, but just kind of preparing, you know, this is, you know, meeting on top of meeting meetings, back to back um, lunch. What am I going to even eat? What am I going to snack on? How much coffee am I going to drink today? Cause if I'm not careful, I'll drink too much. Um, But Mm -hmm. I try to have a little bit of time to just kind of refocus, recalibrate Um, and then typically starting with meetings right now. uh, I've learned a lot about the company. I've learned a lot about the role. And now we're starting to just do little things like, uh, you know, I want to say playing around, but playing around is is a flippant phrase, uh, learning the CRM and learning what good uh, CRM hygiene looks like and how to stay organized and, and and things of that nature. And so we're doing a lot of that. And then usually have a couple of call blocks throughout the day. I'm moving so much slower on the phones than I thought I would, because I thought it was just going to be a blitz. But because I'm I'm so new to it, like two days new, uh, I'm still very much so like, okay, did I hang the phone up before I take a breath? <laughs> like, you know? So I'm like, what, click, click. Okay, it's off. It's off. Moving on to the next task. But now I'm putting my notes in. And so Uh, Right now, for me, there's still a lot of self-discovery in that. You know, how am I going to get this to where I can blitz through it a little quicker? Not to say I'm trying to blitz past people, but, you know, I want to see my numbers get up. Um, And then typically more meetings, another call block, more meetings. And then um, the young lady who's training us right now, she usually gives us a recap of the next day, which I love. She just kind of goes over the next day or maybe next two days. And then she says my favorite phrase, close your computer, go take a walk. Don't think about work again. And let me tell you something, my brother, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, do it. I do it. You and you I both. Do it. Yeah. So that that's it. I mean, it is, and it sounds, it's probably a simplified version, but that's about it.
0: No, that's great. And I think that uh, you actually gave me another question because I, I could really kind of sense this with you. Mm-hmm. You could, if you talk about the difference from not working in tech mm-hmm. even though you've been there for a few days or, or a couple of weeks i should say to now working in tech how different of an environment are those two areas from your past work experience to where you're working now
1: i'm gonna say a phrase that i'm i may have put on linkedin but i don't think i put it on any other social media because i don't i don't want the people to come at me because you know they'll come at you right bro um i have found more kindness generosity and just the sense of uh welcoming mm-hmm. in the tech space more so than i ever did in the church space that is not to say there were not people that were very instrumental in helping me you know my other, and not just church but when i was working in the school system as well but let me tell you something the way these people take care of you is wild um i would say that when I started hearing about what an SDR was, I thought, oh, that's just kind of a little peon roll. Nobody cares. You get in there and you struggling and they're mm-hmm. just kind of like, Oh, well, that's your job, whatever. And then I get into this space where they're sending you all of this stuff. And I mean, I got like a, a swag package. Yeah. And did it bring a tear to my eye? Yes, it did. <laughs> because I felt seen. I yeah. felt taken care of. I felt valued. But that I think that is the, the biggest difference is that there's so much value added by just accepting the role. And then you get into it. And not only is there value added into this role, they're like, hey, and you can put this much work in and then your possibilities are endless. Yeah. So there are all these branches and avenues That you could take, but then they they messed around and they have roadmaps to it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, do it this way." You do. So I think the biggest difference is just the sense of value that it that it makes me see in myself. So when I wake up, I'm like, "Wow, dude, you did this! Like you pivoted at 39 years old when during a pandemic. Still, may not be the height of it, but like during the pandemic." During an economic recession, when everyone is like, if you quit your job, don't let Beyonce tell you to quit your job because you're an idiot. You, you <laughs> pivoted. it. You resigned, but you didn't just resign a job that wasn't working for you. You pivoted into something else. That This job helps me see that.
0: Mm.
1: mandate m- Mandated, uh, strongly suggested mental health walks, moments to regather yourself. Yeah. What? Mm. You, I didn't get that in my old life, you know, professional life. No yeah. So, so I, I just think the the sense of value and being, but also there's so much thought that is going into, and I know every company is going to be different. Maybe startups are still working on these things, um, but don't discount just the, I, I guess, just the awesome opportunities you have in this realm, because there's so much attention to detail. There has to be. And they've really just paved out and, and, and really traced out. Um, some great opportunities. And so, yeah, I go into it feeling very valued and very prepared every day. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Even when I don't know what I'm going to say when a receptionist answers the phone. And of I'm course. like, oh, no. What, what? Hello? Is Did you answer? But yeah, I feel prepared. Yeah.
0: Yeah. One thing I love that my manager says, she always says this, especially because the imposter syndrome could so- show itself in other ways than just kind of looking down on yourself sometimes it could be an overachieving and she was like hey be kind to yourself be kind to yourself and that's one of the things that I, I really kind of admire is that in tech there's a different type of mindset about it's okay yeah we're gonna work but we're also gonna take care of ourselves and take mm-hmm. care of our people and our family mm-hmm. so with that being said talking about mindset what would you say the mindset for someone needs to be in order for them to not only get to where you are
1: but to scale from there I ah, mean, it's going to be cliche, but you definitely have to have a growth mindset. Uh-huh. Um, been talking to one of my guys on LinkedIn, Alex, uh, and he he mentioned it to me. It wasn't the first time anyone had ever mentioned it to me. But, yeah, the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset, just not seeing this situation like this as being it. There's mm. so like past this, you know, mm. and one of the other guys that I'm, I'm really uh, just really thankful for in the LinkedIn community, Riley. He talks, he just recently spoke about that. Like your past is your past. Mm -hmm. And let's not worry about it or get hung up on it. And it made me think like something so simple as the last call you just hung up, that's your past now, move on. Yep. Right, and you're gonna learn from all of those things, of course, right? Your interactions with coworkers, whatever. But you're moving on and just, I think the growth mindset is the biggest thing. Just knowing that there's something different uh, and that you yourself, can explore these different avenues and these different things and have these different conversations. And you don't have to be so limited and boxed in. And I know a lot of us were taught that, you know, find that thing and just be good at that thing. But I disagree. I think that you have to find those things and and get good at those things. And those and it takes work, hard work, yes. But the biggest thing is knowing, having the mindset to say, oh, I can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not yeah. stuck where you are. Yeah, you're not stuck. Yeah, you're not stuck. So Mm -hmm. the growth mindset is the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. The growth mindset is the biggest thing. And so if you're listening to this and you're saying to yourself, well, I don't think I could do X, Y and Z. I don't think I could get into tech sales or even do digital marketing or forget IT, man, work with computers. Like, I don't think you can do it. Listen to us here today. You have to can challenge yourself to grow and be better than you were yesterday yesterday's gone today i'm in need right as a song would say and so right now i encourage you whether it's course careers that you decide to go through tech sales uh if you decide to do digital marketing if you decide to do it we have a program for you that we can attest to has literally changed both of our lives and so uh and so this has been a great conversation i might have emory back again so we can follow up and see how things are looking a year or two years from now as he's grown so i think this is going to be a great conversation to do a recap on and again this has been this has been great so thank you emory for taking the time thank you absolutely absolutely no problem man until next time everybody i hope to see you on the other side take care family